Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ian Hates Conversations. My name is Ian, and I've got a really cool one for you today. My special guest is Billy, vocalist and guitarist of Right Home. Their debut EP, Overgrown, comes out independently on Friday, this Friday, October 26th. Make sure you pre-order and listen because it's really damn good. I'm not going to push this off any further, so I'm going to begin by giving you a taste of their debut EP with the title track, Overgrown. Enjoy.
All right, everyone, and welcome back to Ian Hates Conversations. I am very excited today because I've got Billy from Right Home. Billy, we talked a little bit off air. You know now a little bit that I have been going through some sickness, and now I'm kind of coming out of it, and you told me you're kind of going into that right now. Yeah, it's kind of brutal, dude. I think I, I think I just noticed it as soon as I stepped outside. My nose started running, and I was like, okay, this is great. This is uh, the beginning of something great. It's that time of the year, right? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I mean, I don't know how cold it is down there for you, but it's starting to get pretty dang cold up here in uh, in Ottawa. That's right. Yeah, you guys are in Ottawa. So right now, do you know the temperature? Because right now, I think for us, we're about forty Fahrenheit. And obviously, there's a conversion between Fahrenheit and Celsius. But where are you guys right now? Oh, man. Um, I don't actually know offhand. Um, if I were to go Celsius, I would say it's probably like maybe 10. Okay. So whatever the conversion is on that. Yeah. So it's getting colder, for sure. 10 plus very windy. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Now, is this one of those things that you go through around every year where you start getting that transition of temperature and then you start feeling sick? Um, I think, um, I think we're adapted, so it doesn't necessarily happen all the time, but, um, I would say, um, it's mostly the misery that comes around this time of year where you're like, man, it's over. And now I have to endure another brutal winter. Right. Um, I don't know. The sickness definitely like is very prominent in like winter. Everybody still gets sick really, really often, but I don't know. I'm, I'm usually pretty good. Like I, I think my immune system is pretty, uh, pretty tight. So. I don't usually get sick. It's just usually these stupid little colds that last a few days that are just more annoying than anything. Ah, very true. And now, you know, obviously being in a band, you know, you're doing dual vocals. You're also playing guitar in right home right now. So does that ever affect your vocals? Um, yes. I mean, I've never really had it happen. Um, I've never had it happen on tour or anything with uh, previous bands. Good. But I have this really bad luck thing where it always <laughs> happens in the studio for some reason. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, I, I always feel my throat start to go in the studio. <laughs> it just happens every time. Wow. Um, this time it actually did happen on our last recording session, mm-hmm. and we had to skip out on a few parts, and I had to record them at home and send them to our producer. Uh, it was really annoying. So. Oh, wow. All right, so yeah, and in regards to that, that EP that you're talking about is Overgrown, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very nice. So Overgrown comes out in less than two weeks. It comes out October 26th by the time we're having this conversation. So I know that you know, you've know you been in previous bands, as you mentioned. This upcoming two weeks, is there anything, like, do you get the jitters? I know you've been through it before, but is there anything that you personally go through knowing that an EP is coming out? Um, I like to think we're pretty prepared this time around. We're working with a publicist who's helping us out with a lot of, um, press stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, we do, we do do a lot of that stuff on our own. So there obviously is a lot of work on our end to do. So it is kind of stressful, but, um, uh, nothing crazy. I mean, I think once we, once we get like one, two days away from EP release, I'll start stressing out. But for now, I think I'm good. (laughs) Now, is there anything like when it actually comes out on the 26th, is that, like a cathartic experience for you are you just so happy to have it out there for everyone to listen to yeah absolutely especially this this ep because it's been it's been so fun to to write and create this is the first time you know just the three of us have sat down and and put something together you know we played in bands previously together but we didn't necessarily all write together usually maybe i would write like everything or another guy would write everything um but this has just been like such a fun experience and it's been like almost two years that we since we've started writing those songs so it's just like we really want to put it out because it's been so long we've been sitting on these tracks and we're just still so excited about them so hopefully you know it yeah it's definitely gonna be cathartic like hopefully everyone's gonna dig it like as much as we love it you know oh yeah and i mean i've seen nothing but really great you know reviews and people that have really enjoyed the two singles that you put out i mean i'm sure that's got your hopes up pretty high, and I'm sure everyone who's listened to it. I personally have gotten to listen to it front to back a few times now, you know, in preparation for this, and I am a big, big fan of what you guys put out with Overgrown. You guys really knocked it out of the park. Oh, thank you so much, man. Uh, sorry, so you got you heard the, the whole EP? The whole entire thing, all six tracks, front to back, probably like five to eight times. That's actually really awesome. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm really, really excited because 
yeah, the two songs we put out are like like really excited on. They're really cool, but they're also like the most kind of like maybe accessible tracks. Like, sure. like some of the tracks on our EP are super weird and like often like left field. So like it's going to be really interesting to see what people think of that. Oh, for sure. And I guess is that the reason that actually kind of rolls into a question I had was the reason for putting out Overgrown and then Gloss and Bloom. Was that because they were a little bit more accessible to kind of get your foot in the door and then people would hear the aesthetic of what the EP really is? Yeah, for sure. Like we wanted we wanted the first two singles to be like really definitive of what sound we're going for and kind mm-hmm. of the I don't know, you know, just kind of the main foundation of what we want to what we want to sound like but we're also like you know we're artists or musicians and we we like and and like we listen to all kinds of different music so we really wanted to incorporate that into the whole ep so yeah the first couple of tracks are definitely nothing like crazy in terms of like maybe technicality or musicality they're they're definitely the more accessible ones but like we have fun writing all of that stuff yeah it's just we want to do we want to do some weird stuff too and see what people think of it. But yeah, to answer the question, I would say yeah, that that's those are the most like accessible songs, and we we want to put them out first for kind of that reason. I think one of the interesting parts too, if you look at the first track, which is so that track, I wouldn't see as much as a single, but putting it in the EP as the very first track does a great job of building anticipation because it has that that lead up and that swell to your kind of breaking point and it works as a really great track to intro the ep was that something you were going for yeah i was definitely trying to write like a big intro um and we want all of our music to sound just like really big that's why um yeah the beginning of the record just has that huge swell and then like uh the last track on the record reap it has this massive ending part yeah and uh yeah we just we just like stuff that sounds huge and like i'm big into film scores and orchestral stuff so i want everything to be big and like cinematic and theatrical if i can so yeah that's definitely a conscious effort yeah and that makes a lot of sense once again i'll say the same thing i did before i like <laughs> i really enjoyed the flow of the ep i'm guessing that's something that you guys really sat down and hammered out so you mentioned that you're enjoying the writing process and you've got Robin and Carter with you as well. You said you really enjoy that. So how did you guys go about really writing the flow of this album? Um, I think the, the flow, like the song placement was definitely came kind of afterwards or, you know, while we were in the middle of writing it. So, I mean, our writing process typically is I will sit down and write and record the instrumental in my bedroom. Okay. And like, Robin has his own kind of studio going in his room. We all live together, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Oh, I didn't but, know um, that. Okay. Yeah, so the three of us live together, just the three of us. Like, we have our we have our little rehearsal area in the basement, so it, it works out really well. Very cool. But um, yeah, so I'll record everything in my bedroom, just kind of uh, an instrumental. And, you know, either, either I'll just kind of do it all myself and send it to the guys, or while I'm working on it, I'll, I'll call them in and be like, hey, check this out. Do you have any ideas? And then once the instrumental is done, I'll send it over to Robin and we will sit in his room and we'll brainstorm lyrical ideas and vocal melody ideas. And we'll track all of that in his room. Mm-hmm. So it's it's collaborative in that sense. Like we, we, It's kind of specific, like me writing the instrumental and then we'll do the all the vocal stuff together. But yeah, it's, it's really fun because, I mean, vocal stuff isn't necessarily always my forte. Like I'm really about writing the music and stuff. Okay. And um it's really fun to collaborate on all the vocal stuff because we all have tons of ideas. Um, Carter and I usually write most of the lyrics, oddly enough. Oh, okay. And then, um, yeah, so vocal stuff, we just do all together. It's just really fun. And then Carter will obviously do his own drum stuff, completely wipe what I did, or he'll, you know, uh, contribute some sort of drum idea and stuff. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's really fun. Well, that's a very interesting process. And yeah, as you mentioned, and as we talked about, you're a three-piece band. And what I thought was pretty interesting about that not only it's great you guys have a rehearsal space and you guys live together so you can bounce things off of each other you know very easily the other part of being a three-piece band you've got robin who's doing vocals only so he's not playing an instrument and then you're doing vocals and guitar as well was there a conscious choice for making that happen because a lot of three-piece bands as you know you know the lead vocalist will play guitar and then the you know the other vocalists will play bass or they'll switch. Was there a conscious effort to do something different here? Um, a little bit. I mean, Robin 
well, when we toured in our last band, Robin didn't actually sing at all. He was a keyboard player, mm-hmm. and he he hated it. Like, he really didn't like playing keyboard. Ah. And, you know, he's always wanted to sing. It's always been his passion, his singing and stuff like that. And he's great at it. Yep. So when we formed this new band, that's just the way we wanted to do it. You know, he wanted to sing. And I wanted to do, you know, some singing here and there as well. So, yeah, that's just, I don't know. It's what we decided to do, I guess. Yeah. Well, you're both very very good at it and you're very very good at the harmonization in the ep as well yeah Yeah, for sure it's one of the high points of the ep for sure and there are many but what i want to ask about that so if robin was doing keyboards before and i know you were doing were you doing some of the unclean vocals in your past band um yeah in my past band i was strictly a screamer (laughs) okay so did you guys have you know, lessons? Did you actually have professional lessons before? Because now on this EP, for anyone who hasn't heard it yet, and hopefully everyone will go out and listen to it, but there are really no unclean vocals on it. It's very melodic, very, you know, very centered on harmonization style clean vocals. So do you guys have any actual professional help with that? No, not at all. We we think we're trash. Like, we... I mean, we love it. Like we just like we love singing. We've never had any professional training. Like we'll we'll kind of sit down and maybe um, like YouTube some lessons and you know little things like that. But other than that, it's just something that we have always loved and we're always doing. Like we're always singing. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of came a little bit naturally. But uh, yeah, unclean vocals wasn't really in the uh, in the. <laughs> it just didn't seem like it would really work. Like we have one song where uh, we were debating doing some. Mm-hmm. I think there's like one or two, one or two screams that I did that are kind of in the background. Yeah, very, like very minor. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't really want to have any like prominence or anything. Sure. And let's and I'll you know circle back to that. But I did want to mention maybe it's because of the way you know I love all scene music. So you know all the different genres. When I was listening to the CP, I didn't think it needed unclean vocals. But I definitely heard when you take you know some of your songs and you could probably name almost all six here but on tracks like so ambrosial and violet i definitely heard places where i think unclean vocals could come over the top and work really well <laughs> but was that something that you guys heard as well and decide to you know just not do it because you wanted a different sound yeah, pretty much. I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, okay. Like, we, we definitely debated it. We were like, well, like, this song could use some screams. Like, um, Ambrosial is, is one in particular where, um, like, certain parts were written as a as a screaming part. Mm-hmm. And then we later were like, no, you know, I don't I don't think we should do this. It's just making it a, a singing part. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, just wasn't, wasn't really what we envisioned for The Sound of Right Home, so. Right. It was a kind of a way to stand out in a different form for lack of a better word is is that kind of the direction you were looking for um yeah yeah kind of uh i think that as well as just the fact that we have been playing metal together for so long that we kind of just like almost kind of want to just get out of that that scene completely a little bit like we just didn't want to really be classified as a metal band like at all even a little bit (laughs) so we there's there's like very metal sounding songs on the record. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if we did like that. I don't know if we did a great job of trying to not associate, but sure. I mean, I don't know. We're just we're just doing our thing. So ultimately we're just gonna do whatever we think feels right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're an independent band, so you have control over everything that you're doing. So, you know, you talk about being a metal band in the past. Was there any specific moment where you were like, you know what? this just isn't for us and we want to go in a different direction or was it something where you just kind of burned out? Um, maybe, maybe a mixture of the two, uh, maybe not a specific moment, but we did do a very long tour right. in uh, late 2015 as Vesuvius, our previous band. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was about two months long and it was like all of the States, like East coast to West coast. Right. And as much as we had a great time, like playing the sets every night, we just, we got, tired of it really quickly and you know we were all discussing it kind of while we were on the road being like well it would be kind of cool to maybe try something new try something a little different just because we're not really vibing with it uh like we used to when we were younger so Mm -hmm. yeah wow so that was kind of a pretty early change into that tour did that affect you know how you guys played the music did it affect with how you connected with your own music while you were doing that tour um 
like when we were starting to grow tired of what yeah. we were playing, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to remember like back then what, what exactly we were feeling. I just remember, I just remember getting back and being like, man, we really want to try something new. Let's maybe start writing. And we were kind of writing this new stuff for the, for Write Home while we were still in that band. Oh, okay. Just kind of brainstorming and getting together and just working on new ideas and seeing what we could do. Um, yeah, I just, I don't really remember exactly where the transition happened or what we were thinking and what headspace we were in, but we just, we just knew we wanted something different. Right. You know, that's an interesting transition because if I'd have to say, you know, you mentioned that some of the tracks obviously on the EP are, you know, you could classify them in a metal way in some parts, but really when I listen to it, I hear anthemic alternative rock and that's you yeah. know very, very different from you know the metal that you were doing in Vesuvius so when you were writing was it like a invigorating kind of process when you realized that that was more the style that you wanted to go with yeah yeah definitely um yeah yeah the anthemic thing is like something that we really wanted to go for Mm -hmm. and because the songs are all so different like we like obviously we didn't we didn't want to be uh known as a metal band but we also didn't really want to be confined to one genre at all really like yeah the overarching term you could use would be like alternative rock and that's typically what we tell people when we're when people ask what kind of band we're in Mm -hmm. but like if you look at all the songs individually like i was talking about this with the other guys the other day like when we were when we're writing the tracks like the first track so is heavily inspired by like post-rock and that kind of big cinematic type stuff Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Overgrown is heavily inspired by like more pop rock and more upbeat stuff. Blossom Bloom is very uh, pop punk right. influenced. And then Ambrosial is metal, metal influenced, obviously. Violet's more of like a hard rock influence. And then Reap was the super like experimental thing that we did. So every track is a little different and inspired by a different genre and a different sound. So it, it was a lot of fun to like incorporate all of those things onto this uh, record. Does it really encompass because you just mentioned obviously a ton of genres so does that kind of encompass the taste and music that each one of you have as well i think it almost encompasses it there's still okay. way more stuff that we listen to that we didn't delve into on all right. here all right um so maybe on the next record we'll just kind of even branch out even more like we didn't really include too much like well i guess there's quite a bit of like hip-hop electronic influence that's kind of thanks to our producer he's really big into that stuff sure. but um yeah i mean like we also love like pop music. I would say we didn't really do too much like pop music type stuff. So maybe, maybe that's coming up next. <laughs> well, you know, bringing that up, I remember going on your Instagram and I think one of the taglines there is pop stars with talent. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought yeah. that was really good because I could see it. I could see you guys being pop stars, but also, you know, writing music that I would listen to because I certainly don't listen to pop music normally. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we, I don't know. We've, we've seen our bio a couple of times to like some joke stuff just for fun because we like messing around. Yeah. I think we just changed it to that like two days ago, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I liked it though. I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was good. Well, let me, let me ask you this because when I was reading about you, you know, once again, I knew you when you were in Vesuvius and then now with Right Home, that was a little bit newer style for me to listen to, obviously. And, when I was mm-hmm. reading about the band in general, I saw like a lot of people bring up, you know, 30 Seconds to Mars as a as a band that you guys kind of sound like. And I was wondering, is that a band that's influenced you? And if so, what was the transition point? Like, do you still stick with 30 Seconds to Mars if you're still fans? Because they have gone through a major, major change in sound. Yeah, so um, that's kind of cool that that influence come up. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars is uh, my favorite band. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, um, that's pretty cool that people are seeing that because that is, like, a, a huge influence on me personally, like, the music, um, the music writing and stuff. Yeah. Um, do I stick with them? You mean, like, now all the way through until, like, their last record? No, not okay. really. I don't I don't personally like their uh, their newest record, but their first three yeah. are just like unbelievable in my opinion like those are three of my favorite records i've ever heard um so you could definitely hear the influence from like let's say this is war like that mm-hmm. was a huge anthemic record that they did for sure. and uh we took a lot of uh inspiration from that for sure yeah i can definitely hear that and yeah you're you're right on 
with the you know my train of thought as well on that because they really did significantly change their sound as they went on after that album. But those first three yeah. albums are amazing for sure. And yeah. I still it's kind of a kind of a joke, kind of not, but I still remember seeing 30 Seconds to Mars before they were fa- it was like right when the kill came out. And it was probably like my fifth like the fifth time seeing them live. So they were kind of just really getting popular. And I remember seeing them in Boston and Jared Leto left the stage and went back behind the curtain and came out. No one knew he was going to do that. And he was walking to the center so he could do, I forget which track it was, but he like touched me on the shoulder as he went by and he said, Hey man, I hope you're enjoying the show. And I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Holy shit, dude. That's insane. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Holy. So believe me, I've, I I get it. I've never uh, can you say that again? No, it's all good. Uh, I've never actually even seen that band live, which really sucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know how they are now, but I remember how they were then, and they put on an amazing show. But let me ask you this then. So you're in Ottawa. Obviously, we mentioned that before. Do you get a good scene there like are you able to go to live shows um it's not too bad um we have a few uh promoters that kind of do everything mm-hmm. um in terms of booking shows around here so we, we get a few big shows but um for the most part it's really nothing compared to toronto and montreal where they get literally everything right like every big band goes everything so uh, i would say ottawa is typically missed when it comes to bands coming through um, but luckily Montreal is only two hours away for us. So if there's something we really want to go to, we can definitely just head over there. Ah, very true. Now, are you a live music person? Do you really enjoy going to shows? Um, yes, I really do enjoy going to shows. I just don't like these days. I don't go to as many as I used to. Sure. I mean, when we used to be, when we used to be involved in the scene, we were, we were, we were playing constantly and, you know, usually any, any bigger metal band that would come through, we would we would try and open for them. And, yeah. you know, typically we would, we were one of the, one of the bigger local bands here in Ottawa. So would like, we used to go to tons of shows just because we were playing them. Right. Um, because nothing crazy really comes through Ottawa very often. I find myself not really going to as many, especially because like, you know, a lot of metal bands will come through Ottawa and if it's something uh, that we like, then we'll, then we'll go check it out. Mm-hmm. I think the last show I went to was silent planet. I don't know if you know that band. I love silent Planet. Actually, I had Garrett Russell yeah. on the show before. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really incredible. So they're one of those bands, like one of the one of the metalcore bands that we all still like love and listen to like crazy, just because they're they're unbelievable. So that was the last show I went to here, but I don't go to a whole lot. I would say. Okay, well, now with right home, and I'm I'm guessing you guys will be setting up tour dates. You know, hopefully soon with the new EP coming out. Will you be trying to jump on more tours? You know, either going through Ottawa or doing your own thing coming up. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent. The next step is touring. So, um, before we even go back and do any other recording or really anything, touring is like the main focus. As soon as this record drops, that's ultimately all we want to do. Like right now, we're like looking into uh, new vans that we can buy because ours is completely done that we oh. used to tour in. All right. Yeah, that's definitely the next thing. So we're gonna be looking at trying to. I don't know when mm-hmm. or where, but that's definitely the next step. <laughs> well. Now with the different sound that you have or, you know, the, you know, the multiple genres that you've got going on with Right Home, are you going to be looking for more bands like yourself, if that's even possible, or are you going to be okay jumping on those metal tours that go through so that way you can be a little bit different? Because that is kind of how a lot of tours are going now. You know, you used to have concerts and you still do, but, you know, the ones that have five different metalcore bands on the same aren't really happening as much you can really go see you know tons of different styles you know in one you know one show is that going to be what you're looking to do oh yeah like 100 percent. like we we will hop on anything type of thing that's i mean i think our sound works really well with anything like we can tour with pop punk bands we can tour with rock bands like metal bands should be fine like so we'll we'll do anything anything we can i mean i don't know if we'll tour with like knocked loose but yeah for sure (laughs) I, I enjoy Knock Loose, and I enjoy this. So that would work out well for me. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, well, then maybe we'll do it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, just come on down to Boston. Only do tours for me. That's that's what okay. I want. <laughs> so you've probably been asked this question before, and I know 
like a lot of times when you want to start over new, you want that complete change. But when we talk about a band like 30 Seconds to Mars and we talk about the extreme change in music that they did, is there a reason why you didn't go ahead from Vesuvius and just continue on as the same band but write the style of music that you wanted to write at that time you know once you you know, kind of got sick of it uh you mean like just kind of uh keeping the same name and yeah. going forward with Vesuvius? yeah keeping the same um, name keeping the label that kind of thing yeah um the main thing with that was because uh myself and the old vocalist we were two vocalists in vesuvius yeah um Myself and the old vocalists were kind of like we did everything in that band. We write all the music and all the lyrics and stuff like that. We even recorded all the guitar parts for the record, and like only the two of us went to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was very much like our project, like him and I. So it just didn't really feel right for you know me to take that with us when we decided to part ways. Ah, I see. Um, but I mean, we 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 kind of yeah, we kind of just laid that project to rest just because it just felt like the right thing to do. And um, the label, I, I'm not sure exactly why we decided to part ways with the label. I think kind of neither of neither party was happy with like how things were going, so we just wanted to do our own thing. Oh, okay. um, but I mean, I, I kept all the same social media pages. I just changed the name. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So is there a freedom now that comes with being independent compared to being with your previous label? Um, a little bit. I mean, they didn't really dictate a whole lot of what we did. Okay. Um, with that label, um, they're, they're a smaller label. Tragic Hero doesn't have, you know, crazy amounts of bands. They're not this big major label or anything, but sure. I mean, yeah, they didn't, they didn't orchestrate any of our moves. We, we booked the tour ourselves and we recorded the record ourselves before we even went to the label. So they didn't really have much say. I wouldn't say it's like super freeing, but it's nice to be independent and be able to kind of repitch out to new labels and start anew in that sense okay so is that what you're doing right now you know when the ep comes out will you also be shopping that around to labels or are you okay just being independent and seeing how things go um we've already done a little bit of pitching we don't Mm -hmm. we don't really have a crazy amount of interest right now so i think um, once it comes out, we'll probably we'll probably do another round of of pitching and stuff like that. But we're we're totally fine with being independent as well. It's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like you've got a great setup. You know, you talk about having you know kind of a home rehearsal space. You're able to record there when you need to, and then you know you send off. So where did you go to mix and master? You know, and actually record for you know Overgrown. Yeah, um, we did literally everything except for those couple vocal takes i had to do here mm-hmm. we, li- we did literally everything with uh, our friend nick scott he's a producer he's based out of um, grand rapids michigan oh, okay and he's like a super good friend of ours now we we did the whole thing in two sessions so we did overgrown uh gloss and bloom and violet mm-hmm. we did those last year like summer last year so they've been around for a long time oh wow okay. and then we went back and did the we went back and did the other three songs just this past summer that we just we just uh, ended here. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So no wonder you really want to get back in there. So what was yeah. what was the reason for doing the split? <laughs> uh, simply put, it's just the, like finance. Like we just didn't oh, have sure. the money to uh, to do the whole thing at one time, so we had to break it up. Was there any thoughts? I mean, a lot of bands are doing it right now. Were there any thoughts put into doing like a Kickstarter, especially since you were known as a band before? Were there any thoughts of doing or an Indiegogo to try and finance this? Uh, we thought about it. We just didn't. We didn't think we would have enough people backing it at that point. Oh, okay. All right. But it seems like the fan base has grown pretty exponentially. I would think from yeah. you know letting the singles out and everything. Yeah, for sure. People seem to really be taking to it, and the the people that are into it are like seem to be extremely dedicated. I mean, we get crazy dms like all day long on twitter and instagram and people are tweeting us and they're telling their friends about us and they have group chats going we have like twitter fan pages and insta fan pages going so it's it's nuts it's like we haven't had anything like that before in previous bands wow very cool now do you get any you know some of the past fans of bands that you've been in that kind of lash out because they didn't want you to change your sound do you get any of that um not yet not yet Oh, that's good. I mean, right. it'll probably come eventually, but no, I don't. We haven't really had anything like that yet. Oh, that's good. All right, yeah. I mean, take that while you can. That's for sure. 
<laughs> I mean, we weren't we weren't super active in like our local scene, especially. Oh. Okay. So like I don't know, tons of people might not even know, or they probably just don't really care. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. No, that is. Yeah. Is there a reason why, like, for this style of music that you're doing with Right Home? Is there a big difference between promotion in Canada and promotion in the States? Because you said, you know, you recorded here. Is there a specific reason for that? Um, well, we liked Nick's work specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worked with like IC Stars and he's just like a he's a really good songwriter and yeah. he just he's kind of he's kind of become a crucial element of the band because he just adds so much even just songwriting wise. Um, so yeah, we just liked his work, so we figured we'd go there. I mean, there's not a whole lot um that's like that we know that's accessible to us in in canada like i'm sure we could probably go down to toronto and find something but in terms of like big producers that are well known that are working with people we just didn't we didn't really know anybody at the time when we were kind of looking around so just seemed like our best bet to try it out with nick and since we really liked it we wanted to go back and we still want to go back so oh very cool and it was the first and i don't remember what it was Oh, the just the difference between promotion in Canada and promotion in the states when it comes to the style of music. Um, promotion, I'm I don't really know. I mean, everything we do promo wise now is online, so I don't really see a huge difference. Okay. Um, but if we look at maybe like the touring market, it's it's a lot easier to do stuff in the states because you have more big cities that are closer together. Whereas Canada, everything's really spaced out. If you want to hit big cities where there people will actually come to shows, it's a lot harder. Oh, okay. Well. I do want to go back to something that I missed before. So when you talk about the mixing and mastering, you talk about Nick in, where was it, in Michigan? Yeah. The, you had mentioned that he had added a lot of the electronic aspects. And I thought that was done really, really well because you see a lot of bands now, you know, especially in metal too, that are putting a lot of electronics and they're just kind of shoving it in. Like some bands do it very well. Some other bands, they just, you know, they put it in because that's, you know, the quote unquote hot thing to do right now. Yeah. But I think it works really well with what you guys are doing. And as you mentioned, it does have a little bit of that 30 seconds to Mars in it, but it flows well and it sounds like it's supposed to be there. So how much kind of input did you guys have on that and how you wanted things to sound? Oh, I mean, most of it, like we still, we still kind of orchestrated how we wanted everything, but Mm -hmm. he just, he just has great ideas. So he always, he's just always got stuff to input and we're always like, dude, that's amazing. Let's do that. Um, Like, especially electronic wise, like if you listen to the demos that we, we did at home, there's, there's really not that much electronic stuff going on. And it's a lot more like orchestral, like a lot of the arrangement that I do in my uh, digital audio workstation is all like very orchestral stuff. And then when we brought, when we brought it to Nick, um, he really likes to kind of open it up and like create more space and like do all of that cool electronic stuff. So it just, yeah, we think it sounds great. Very cool. Yeah, it definitely sounds very good. So do you think you'll be able to bring that out on tour as well when you play that live? Or are you going to do kind of a stripped down, you know, different composition for what you're going to be doing? Um, I think like for the most part, I, I don't think we're going to change it too much. Like for electronic elements, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have backtracks running for okay. our live set. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to change too much arrangement wise. Like we might mess around a little bit, make it a little bit more interesting, um, in terms of like parts, like, you know, our drummer Carter always likes to do some crazy stuff like in a live setting okay. and, uh, you know, we want to tone it down a little bit on the record to give it space. Um, but yeah, especially because we're a three piece right now, I'm not, uh, we're not a hundred percent sure how we're going to do it live. Like we may have to backtrack some stuff, including like bass guitar, just cause we don't have a bass player right now. Right. Yeah. Or we might bring on some, uh, we might bring in some like musicians to come play live with us. Uh, we haven't really decided. Now, did you play bass on this album? Uh, I was going to, but we didn't have time. So the, the bass on the record is actually like programmed. Oh, okay. All right. But I, I know you have a background in a lot of different instruments, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not super confident in every instrument. I wouldn't like, I would never play drums on a record or anything, but uh, especially in terms of like composing, I'm definitely very uh, fluent and comfortable with every, every instrument I would think. Did you end up uh, going to like, what's your background then to be able to pull that off? Is that something you're able to do by feel or did you go to school for it? Yeah, it's it's just my feel, man. I, wow. I really don't have any musical background. I don't have any 
family really that's interested in music. So it's just really? all came from um, a lot of time sitting in my room working on it, basically. Wow. Man, you guys are continuing to impress me. I mean, no, no vocal lessons, no, you know, lessons in composing. Does anyone in the band have a musical background? Um, not really. I mean, like wow. um, Carter took some, took some drum lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, he was the only one who really took like lessons for his instrument. I think I took a few guitar lessons when I was when I was younger, but they didn't they didn't really do much for me. Okay. But he he's been popping cool people. Uh, Mike Iradi, he's the drummer for a band called Protest the Hero. Yep, for sure. Yeah, uh, he was his drum teacher for a little while. Oh, that's right. And um, Carter, Carter's been touring for longer than any of us. He used to tour in a country band, like he's toured all over Canada in a country band and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, none of us really have a, like a musical background in terms of school or, or formal training or anything. But we all know you've done multiple bands before, right? Home, so that's really, really interesting. So let's go all the way back then. What got you into music in the first place? When did you start, you know, not only playing an instrument, but also knowing that you wanted to sing as well? Um, well, I, I would say I got into metal when I was maybe 12 okay. and listened to exclusively that for probably about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 15, I decided I want to pick up a guitar. And that was really my only instrument for a very long time. I would just, I would just play guitar. I have nothing crazy. Uh, first band played guitar in it. It was a metalcore band. Uh, Robin was in it playing keyboard as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Cause <laughs> <it's kinda> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I decided I wanted to do vocals or at least, you know, be a front man when we started Vesuvius. Okay. Um, and I wasn't really confident in my singing, so that's why I was streaming. And I, I, I did really enjoy being a front man, but I also missed playing guitar a little bit so it felt like with doing right home it was a nice balance of the two things sure. and it was something new cause i've never actually sang in a band before but it feels really fun it's really fun to do so um yeah do you feel more confident having a guitar in front of you while you sing compared to screaming without a guitar uh no i don't think so i think okay. i think uh screaming without a guitar was a lot easier just because i I don't have to really focus on a whole lot of stuff. I just have to be a cool front man and, True. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, interact with the crowd and stuff like that. Right. Um, but playing guitar and singing, I think, is actually more challenging. And it's for sure. Yeah, it's it's tough to like try and get both parts uh, together. You know what I mean? There's there's some parts where it's like really hard to right. get the two going at the same time. Not that not that the individual parts are hard, but together they they just don't match up very well. Right. So um, yeah, it's fun. It's a it's a fun challenge. Yeah, I. the reason why I asked in the first place was because I know there are some people that the only way that they can really sing in front of people is if they have their guitar with them. It's almost like a like a safety mechanism. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that's, I know what you mean. that's really interesting because I feel the same way you do. I think it's ridiculously difficult to do guitar and sing at the same time. I tried doing that before in past bands, and that was not for me. So I completely, <laughs> I completely get it. You have a ton of my respect, that is for sure. So, that, Thank you, appreciate that. Oh yeah, that is very interesting though, the way that you worked yourself up to where you are now. So something we had talked about off air and something that I knew about you is you also have a side project called Unrequited. And in that one, that's like post-black metal, you know, it's very, yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily anthemic, but it's epic, I would say in nature. Yeah. Right. And it's mostly instrumental and not really. I think I hear, I don't know, maybe it's even a specific tone that you use or a sound that you use that sounds like unclean vocals at one point. But really, it's mostly instrumental, correct? Right. Yeah. So, how did you get into doing something like that? I mean, you had to work your way up to doing all of that. So, how'd you do that? Um, that project specifically was kind of in between Vesuvius and Right Home. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I just, I don't know. I've, I've always really been into the, like, you know, black metal and post rock and, and fusing those two things together. Um, but yeah, it kind of just was this thing I was doing for fun. So I, I'd never actually recorded anything myself before. Okay. So I sat down and I was trying to figure it out. Um, and the first record I put out, under that project it's called disquiet that was the first thing i ever tried recording myself wow and 
pretty bad to me, but <laughs> I think I think you know, I think it's all right. Yeah, um, I do. But yeah, it was kind of something I was doing for fun in between. Like you know, we'd already decided we we weren't going to keep going with Vesuvius. Right. So while that was kind of uh, tailing off, I just started writing this stuff in my room just because it was fun. Mm -hmm. I just want to contribute to a different genre that I had done in the past. Right. And yeah, it just kind of flourished really well because it's really niche. It's like a really obscure genre, but it's really niche. There's lots of like dedicated fans in that uh, scene. So people were just buying stuff like crazy. And then I put out a second record and people are buying it like crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I've never had a, a project where people are, are so obsessed with buying everything that I put out. <laughs> so it's a really fun thing to do on the side, especially because it's so, so different from the right home. Yeah. Very, very different. But I think in almost everything that you do, it seems like you're able to put yourself in there and do it differently and have it work. So how did you go from starting with guitar and then going to vocals and then being able to put together an entire post black metal band? Like what instruments yeah. do you play for that as well? Because obviously you talked about composing and once again, those are composed really, really well. So how did you end up being Thanks. able yeah, to put those together? Um, well, the, the thing that makes it easiest, I think, is that uh, the only instrument I really recorded was the guitar. Okay. The bass is programmed, the drums are programmed, a lot of the keyboards are programmed. I might have played like one piano part, uh, like in person. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what's easiest about that is I really just have to track the guitar, do those like wailing, screaming vocals on top of it. Yeah. And that's, so I still get to mainly focus on my, my main passion, which is composing. And that's what I love most about music. So I get to just compose and. I don't have to play all these impossible drum parts that I write. <laughs> so, I mean, this is coming from someone that has, I have no background in programming whatsoever. I do, you know, a ton of editing for podcasting and I do some mixing of vocals, you know, things like that. But how difficult mm -hmm. then is it for you to teach yourself to be able to do, you know, the programming for bass and drums and, you know, all and keyboards, being able to do all that? How difficult was that for you to learn? Um, it's, it can be hard, like even still today, mm -hmm. but I mean, for the most part, I, I always have the arrangement in my head. So I always know how everything, how I want everything to go, what instruments are going to go where, um, in terms of like actually programming and putting them in, um, it's all MIDI information. So I do a lot of the composing in like an outside tablature program, like, you know, guitar pro kind of thing. Sure. Um, just so that it's really easy to kind of quickly get my ideas on paper and write them out, write every instrument out. And uh, then you can just export it and bring it into my actual digital audio workstation where I do everything in full. And yeah. that's kind of like the most intimidating part for me still, because I, I really don't know a whole lot about mixing and mastering. So I'm kind of winging it as I go. Sure. But yeah. Wow. No, once again, continually impressed for sure. <laughs> so since you do have, yeah, man, since you do have a, a pretty good following with Unrequited, would you ever, I, I don't know, you know, post-rock as much as I know a lot of other scene music. Is that something where you would want to go on tour or even just play live to be able to pull, like, would you be able to pull something like that off? Would people want to actually come see it live? Um, yes, people would definitely want to come because I get asked that constantly. Ah, okay. Um, if it's something that I would ever do, I'm not sure. I'm not okay. sure. Um something that i kind of want to do yeah <laughs> yeah so like it would be it would be fun it would be really cool to do something like that it's just like right home is obviously the main focus and we want to make sure we're putting as much effort and time into that as we can mm -hmm. um so maybe i mean once there's some once there's time once there's some free time maybe once we're a little more established as right home we can start messing around with ideas like that um but i don't know i don't know if it'll ever happen it would be really fun i think we could pull it off but right yeah i don't know <laughs> Well, let me ask you a very cynical question because I don't often do that. Right. But knowing that in Vesuvius you weren't or you went on that long tour and you didn't end up feeling the music, you kind of wanted to move on. And that's how, you know, Right Home began was from that. Do you have any worry that when you go out as Right Home that the same type of thing will happen? Um, well, n no, I think like another big part of why Vesuvius didn't work out well is just because of like the, the way that the five of us clicked as a band. Mm -hmm. So like it was, you know, we were all, we were all really good friends before that, but it's just, you really get to know 
people when you when you have to live with them for like 40 days oh, in yeah. a van. Yeah. <laughs> so so there, 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 there was elements like that where we were like, I'm not really liking how this is going. Okay. And so in that aspect, like we all live together, we've toured together. So we're as sick of each other as we can possibly get. And we're still totally cool with touring <laughs> together. Um, so right. in, that, in that regard, like we're, we're totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. But like musically, it's just like, I don't, I really don't think so. Because I mean, with what we're doing with Right Home, it's, it's like, we really wanted to go back to like, what sparked our interest in like music as a whole like when we were kids like when we were first getting into music you know into like you know bands like 30 seconds from mars and stuff that really got us like wanting to play music so i don't think right. i don't think we're going to ever give up on you know a sound that we've loved our entire like lives like since we were kids Very and true. not only that but right home has the potential to kind of go in any direction we really want it to just because even with the first ep it's super diverse we can kind of we can kind of build off one genre that we really mm-hmm. like more. We can go off and do, you know, whatever we want. So right. I don't think that'll be a problem. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed as well, and trust me, this isn't, you know, like a, a slam on the band because sometimes it can be used as that these tracks could be on the radio. And that's something that you guys could build off of if you wanted. When it's good music and it's able to be on the radio, I think that's, you know, that's great news for a band. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we like our main uh, alternative rock station here in Ottawa. It's called mm-hmm. Live eighty eight five. Okay. Um, they they like they play they play Overgrown on their like late night show every once in a while. So oh, very cool. So we kind of already have radio play in that sense. <laughs> yeah, nothing crazy, but yeah, it's definitely radio accessible. I would think. No, it's good. That is very good. So let me ask about the background of composing since that seems to be something that you really enjoy so you mentioned before you know like film scores and stuff like that what what mm-hmm. in film or what in maybe video games or anything like that what has inspired you with your composing Ooh, um i don't know if i uh if i'm necessarily hugely inspired by like the the visual elements themselves of film or of video games Um, i don't really play video games but i just really love that that kind of composing like where you're there's really no structure to the writing it's just kind of you're writing to the visual and you're almost trying to not make the music like that good so that the visual stands out i don't know it's just a really interesting different way of composing yeah and uh, i just find that cool like so I listen to a lot of like, you know, Hans Zimmer, like film scores, sure. just not even to the film. just like listening to the big epic soundscapey type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sound, I've just always really been attracted to it. So I, I want to try and incorporate that into whatever I can. Do you see yourself doing anything like that in the future? Man, when I retire from being in a band, yeah. I just want to be Hans Zimmer. Like when I'm 60, <laughs> Thank that's you 100% go. what I want to do. That's very cool. I feel like it's probably a pretty tough uh, industry to break into, but I would think so. Yeah, especially because maybe with album as a platform, yeah. it'll help. <laughs> I would think that you know, saying that you want to be the next Hans Zimmer, unfortunately, that's probably been something that many people have said. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not really banking on that at all. It's just kind of like a pipe dream. I got gotcha. you. Well, do you have any say in how you want? Well, I'm sure the band does too for this, but like when you do the music videos, because you had already two out for Overgrown, do you have any say yeah. in like how those, how your music is used in the visuals for that? Um, like how the, like how it's directed, like how the film itself or the music video itself is directed? Yeah, is that something that you enjoy as well? Do you get to do that part? Or is that something where you work with another team that takes your music and then goes, oh, we think this would work out better? Yeah, I mean like with... um with our last band, like we used to kind of, um, we used to kind of plot out these storylines and stuff for the music videos. And there would usually be, we would, we would co-direct it kind of thing. Right. But, um, like we've done any like storyline videos or anything with, uh, with right home. It's just been performance stuff. And then like B side or B roll mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, like just, you know, uh, images. So sure. we didn't really, we didn't really have too much input just because we didn't necessarily have a whole lot of ideas. Like we just had, we just knew what kind of video we wanted to go for, and we brought it to our uh, cinematographer, who we worked with for the two videos. Okay. Like the first one, we were like, we just want to do a plain white video. So I rented out a studio, and they had they painted the whole thing white, and we just did a pretty, pretty basic video. Mm-hmm. And then for Gloss and Bloom, you know, we wanted it to be more of a nature-oriented thing. So right. that's really the only input we had. We were like, hey, let's do this, and you come up with some ideas. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, gotcha. 
Are you going to do a next single? Are you going to do a next music video? Can you talk about that or is that secret? Um, I don't really want to talk about it. I okay. mean, yeah, we are going to, we're going to put out one more single before the, uh, the album drops. Okay. And we are playing a music video. All right. For the, like, it's not going to, the next music video won't be out before the record drops, but it will come out afterwards. But we have like a concept in mind for it and it's going to be really cool and different, but I'm not going to get into it yet. That's understandable. Look, I'm just going to put it out right now. I'm going to say, I'm going to cross my fingers. I'm hope for Violet. I'll, I'll leave it there. All, All right. right. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. That's fine. I'm just I'm putting it down recorded so later on I can go okay. like, oh, I was right or I was wrong, damn it. Okay. <laughs> That's how that works. All right. So there's a couple things that I wanted to close out on because I looked at the time. I was like, holy shit, uh, we, got, we got a lot covered. Hey, it's been an hour, yeah? Yeah, almost, right? So the way that I initially found Vesuvius was because you have that track with Ben English from Invent Animate, and he's been on the show before. <laughs> so I was just wondering, you know, as like a, you know, in future releases with Right Home, would you want Jared Leto to sing with you? Do you oh have any? I mean, I figured that would be the answer, but I wanted to ask, like, in general, is there anyone you would think to reach out to to do a guest vocal spot for you guys? I mean, I would hella reach out to Jared, but that would probably cost me like $2 million if I wanted that feature. <laughs> so. It may not work out. Um, <laughs> like, realistically, if I were to think about it, I'm not too sure. Because, like, I don't really want to necessarily just throw a feature on just for the sake of having, like, a name right. on the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it would be nice to, you know, have a part in mind for someone specific that really complements the song or complements uh, the part. So, I, I don't know. It's probably going to be something we're going to have to think about, like, once it comes down to it. Like, oh, I really hear this person on this part or on the song. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone specific. Yeah, no worries. Well, let me ask you this because we're, like I said, we're kind of coming to an end here. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in respect to Overgrown and Right Home? Was there anything that I missed that you really want to put out there for people to know? Um, I don't think so. Just kind of the basic stuff. We have new merchandise out now that yep. we just uh, designed ourselves and we're going to be putting out a new line of merch as well. Uh, once the once the album comes out, very cool. Um, we don't have anything. We're like we're still trying to figure out how we're going to do this whole release and everything. Like how we're going to plan out touring and all that, because that's really the next thing that we want to start advertising. Is like once we're touring and once we're playing shows, because um, it's fun being an internet band. But uh, <laughs> we just really want to play. Really want to play live. Right. So um, no, I think we've just covered everything though regarding the release. That's awesome. Well, then the hope will be to get this show out before the release of the album, which comes out on October 26th. So I will have in the description of the episode, I'll have links so that everyone can pre-order if it's after so that they can at least, you know, pick up the album, pick up whatever other designs that you might have. And then I'll also have all the links for social media so that people will be able to get in touch with you that way too. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. We have, I'm sure we'll have tons of, tons of links, tons of things we're promoting. We already do so. All right, Billy. Well, that sounds like a perfect place to end. So once again, I'll reiterate to everyone. Overgrown comes out on October 26th. Independent band, right home. I really enjoyed this conversation. I really, really enjoyed the EP as well as we spoke about at the beginning. So I hope people give this a shot. I'll be promoting it, obviously. And I really hope that you guys come around the Boston area when you guys plan out a tour as well. So, Billy, once again, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. Yeah, man, thank you so much for the interview and, you know, just giving me a platform to talk about stuff. I really appreciate it. Really had a good time.
And I am back. The track you just heard was Gloss and Bloom from Right Home's debut EP, Overgrown. I am very sorry for still being sick, not only now, but also when I did this conversation. I swear I have no control over that. But a huge thanks goes to Billy for putting up with me and for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Right Home's EP is really great. So I hope you pre-order Overgrown and definitely take a listen when it comes out this Friday. Pre-order and support Right Home by following all the links in the description of the episode. Also, even though sick, if you liked what you heard, you can follow the other links in the description to support me, Ian Hates. Another big thanks goes to Billy, as well as Austin, for helping set all of this up. Much appreciated once again. Don't forget... That Overgrown comes out this Friday. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>